Get the support you need from our partner Handful, the maker of our favorite sports bras. Choose from seven styles of bras in an array of colors, including several glorious new shades. Save 15% at Handful.com with promo code HandfulAMR15. Fiori makes performance apparel designed to work out in but doesn't look or feel like it. It's so dang comfortable, you'll want to wear it 24-7. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet and save 20% on your first purchase at viori.com AMR. Thanks to Dipsy for its continued support of Another Mother Runner. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories. If you're looking to light a spark or heat things up, there's a story waiting for you. Get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash AMR. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Dimity McDowell. Hello, Dimity. Hello, Sarah. Happy, uh, gosh, end of April, right? Yes, 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 yes. Um... I had an interesting experience this morning with Trisha, my running buddy. Oh, geez. What's going on with her? Okay. So I get a text from her actually during her status. You're in my and Katie's status call on Monday morning. It's an x-ray and she says, this is my foot. And there is a big break in the, um, I think it's the metatarsal. It's the bone that go that heads toward her pinky toe. Okay. And sure, it's sure. very notice. It's not. It's not a fracture. Like it's almost all the way through broken. Okay. Um, wow. Um, yes. So after I got off our call, I called Trisha. She had been at the coast uh, with a friend over the weekend. Must have been staying at somebody's house that has bunk beds. So in the middle of the night, when she got up to go to the bathroom <sighs> and jumped off the top bunk. As one does in the middle of the night on, mm-hmm. an, on an unfamiliar bed. I mm-hmm. mean, Trisha, I love your sense of adventure. I'll say that. <laughs> um, so, oh my gosh. So she doesn't, I'm not sure. How, I know she's there with her friend Maria. I don't know how, who else was there, but she doesn't wake anyone up. She doesn't like do anything about it. She gets back into bed and she did say that she felt really cold. And that's yeah. when she thought, huh, maybe I'm in shock a little bit. <laughs> did it hurt a lot? Um, I mean, she was able to go back to sleep and she, so then, oh, this is classic Trisha and I love Trisha and it's her, she is so gung ho and always doing a million things. And so being out at the coast, she said that she woke up and thought, well, I guess I can't go hiking, so I'll drive home. Um, it's like, huh, you think you can't go hiking? (laughs) (laughs) And so it is her right foot. So I'm pretty surprised the depending on where you are on the coast, I mean, it's at least a 75 or 90 minute drive back. Yeah. Yeah. As I was going to say, well, so, so you drove home. I mean, is that why you were saying about driving on a right foot? Yes. Because yeah, yeah. Because when I um, fractured my ankle in four places, you know, I couldn't drive because it was my right foot and you can't drive with the cast. And so also, you know, if, if there was pain, I would think pressing on the accelerator. I don't know. She does have a Tesla. So maybe she just sat there and told it where to go. And <laughs> Maybe she just said, Elon, get me home. Yes, exactly. And tweet about it on the way. I was going to say, he was busy with the Twitter deal that day. So, you know, he might not have been paying attention. But so anyway, so so we were supposed to meet up at the pool the next morning. She informed me that she didn't think she'd be able to do that. Uh, (laughs) So, but anyway, so, you know, love the enthusiasm and the sense of adventure. And so Trisha met me at the pool this morning and her mom has come down her mom lives um on in victoria on vancouver island canada and she came down to help take care of trisha um because trisha's husband at least when the accident happened was um out of town with his father and so um her mom drove her and trisha right now has a very hard boot on it so not like the black one that collects all the dog hair that you have (laughs) and that I have one of as well. Um, You know, it's one of those um, gray, hard plastic ones. Okay. So maybe you call that a walking cast. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But she's, she's not on crutches, is she? So I told her to get an eye walk, that thing that I had that looks like a very 21st century peg leg that attaches so that you don't need a crutch and so that it's super stable and it's so that you bend your affected leg, you know, at a right angle and then the eye walk becomes, once you strap it on, becomes your lower leg. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like a 
prosthetic in a way. Yeah, but... I was about to say that kind of sounds like it. Well, and so yeah. did she swim this morning? So she didn't. So they, they have, you know, the ADA approved, you know, the chair that can get lowered into the water and, you know, help people in and out who need help. And so she did that and, you know, had a smile on her face, was very gung-ho. And I, I said, this is your freedom, Trisha. Enjoy this. Wait, did she wear her boot? Like, what did she no, do No, she took pool? it off. No, she took it off and used a pull buoy. A pull buoy, um, okay. And I also did tell her, do not push off the side of the pool. I was just going to say, don't do flip turns or push <laughs> yeah. off the side of the wall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ouch, yeah. Ouch. So, but I mean, oh, there she was, you know, regular, you know, you know, freestyle and then did some backstroke with the, with yeah, the pull. Yeah. Bowie and um so she she did not take a shower in the locker room there she was going home to take the shower but um you know i mean gosh i just know that when i was in a cast for my ankle i would have paid good money to be able to get into a pool for 20 minutes oh yeah for sure for sure i mean i, the, the, I think the difference between a, a toe bone and uh you know and a you know for a fractured ankle is pretty significant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And particularly because um, she's uh, getting advice right now um, uh, from, she's getting a second opinion because the first orthopedic surgeon she saw surprisingly, or orthopedist, I guess, wanted to do surgery. And she's like, okay, but if we didn't do surgery, and he's like, well, after we do surgery, and she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, uh, if you don't cut my foot open, that is my one piece of advice who's had their foot cut open a lot of times. If you don't have to have your foot cut open, do not, because oh. it's never the same coming back. Just saying. Oh. Oh. Bunions and, um, oh gosh, what's that? Hammer, hammer toe. Romo. I have a hammer toe. Yep. I've also broken what the, the um, middle of the night thing really brought me back to I did not launch myself out of a bunk bed but I did um it's the worst and just saying it's going to get people cringy so I'm just saying heads up heads up is um <laughs> catching my little toe on like the um side of my bed right oh, yeah. and so that mm -hmm. it, it goes out it, it, I broke it I mean I broke it badly and it of course didn't get it reset and so it was like out nine it wasn't 90 degrees but it's <laughs> it's just bad it's all just bad <laughs> but I hope that she heals and I'm glad she's in the pool and yeah that's really yeah. good that's really yeah. yes the ability to sweat or move is, is so big when you're injured. Yeah. But the, so that, you know, I, I supposedly getting the blood flow there is good, but I also told her to take it easy because when, you know, I'm my recovery, my getting back to running from this bulging disc is happening more slowly than I'd like. And so I'm like, when I'm back running, I want Trisha to be able to be back running with me. So, you know, it has to heal properly. So I don't want her doing too much and it getting all wonky and, you know, kind of being offset or whatever. Sure, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right. So I would say she showed real bravery, maybe, yeah, get, yeah, getting maybe. into the pool, getting into yeah. the pool. So uh, we are talking about confidence today, especially in sports. Our guest is Kristen Chef Chunas. I probably just butchered that last name. My apologies. Um, Kristen is a professional confidence coach who works with athletes ranging from Olympians, world champions, and NCAA All-Americans to high school athletes. As a former Division I head coach, Kristen watched too many women miss out on their potential because of their lack of confidence. This realization prompted her to leave her coaching career to become a one-on-one -on -one confidence coach. Kristen is the author of a book published last summer called 30 Days to Confident, a 30-day confidence challenge for female athletes. Dimity and I look forward to talking with Coach Kristen after these messages. Stay with us. Okay, so I'm still not running, insert sad face here, but I'm now getting my beloved handful Wyback bras sweaty playing pickleball and on a recent family hike in Central Oregon. Like all handful bras, the Wyback is made from smooth, quick-dry fabric that's an eco-friendly recycled polyester offering the perfect amount of stretch. The bra's wide band and straps provide excellent support, while the Wyback design on my favorite style keeps those straps securely in place and comfortable. Oh, so comfortable. If you want high support, but aren't keen on pullover styles, check out the Closer from Handful. It's a racerback bra with zip front closure. In addition to loving Handful products, I adore the tight team of women who run and own Handful. Their purpose is supporting women so they can grab life by the handful. And handful products are backed by the handful high five, which are the G-rated F words the team swears by. Fashion, function, feel, fun, and fight against breast cancer. The Closer and Wyback are two of the seven styles of bras Handful makes, all in an array of colors, including several pretty new shades for spring and summer. Follow my lead and fall in love with Handful bras. Save 15% at handful.com with promo code HANDFULAMR15. Again, that's 15% off with code HANDFULAMR15 at handful.com. 
Whether it's a sunrise run, a chilled glass of rosé, or listening to a sexy story, pleasure is all around us. With Dipsy, you can escape into a world where pleasure is your only priority, and you choose what feels good in the moment. Dipsy, it's an app designed by women for women, and it serves up hundreds of short, sexy audio stories. These stories bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters, no matter what turns you on or who you're into. New content is released every week, so in between repeatedly listening to your reliably favorite stories, you can always find something new to fuel your desire or light a spark. If the written word fuels your flame more, Dipsy now offers written stories. Choose from sexy reads like Quentin's Parisian Surprise and Issa Takes Control. And there are so many ways to search the app for fire you up stories. I love the hunks button, which offers up a menu of men and women, couples, and non-binary folks, including Jake, a playful Hollywood heartthrob, Sierra, a coy tattoo artist, and Henry, a hot, handy husband. The choices are endless, as is the pleasure Dipsy can provide or kickstart. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com AMR. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash AMR. Dipseastories.com slash AMR. I was at the playground the other day and a woman came up to me and said, I just have to know, what brand are those joggers? My reply, Viore. She said she had seen the ads. Are they worth it, she asked. Trust me, they are life-changing, I told her. Now, I love a good pair of comfy pants, but here's the thing. They have to fit well, feel right, and not make me look like I'm walking around in pajamas. So am I glad I found Viore. Viore performance joggers are incredibly comfortable, fit to size, and look great in everyday life. I didn't believe it until I bought a pair. And you know what happened next? I bought more pairs, and then I told all my friends, who at first didn't believe me. How can joggers be life-changing? But they took a risk, bought a pair, and then wouldn't you know, they got back to me and said, you're so right, these joggers are something else. Now you might say they've become my obsession. I've got a whole drawer full of them. I may or may not have bought every single color, but I like wearing things that look good, feel even better, and make me happy. So consider Viore an investment in your happiness, and investing in your happiness is money well spent. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com slash AMR. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash AMR. Not only will you receive 20% off of your first investment in happiness, but you will also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viori.com slash AMR and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Kristen, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. We are so excited to have you. So, I'm, so, so, correct your last name first of all. It's Chef Shunis. Chef Shunis, yes. Wow, wow. And how often do people get that right on the first try? I, I give major props to Sarah for giving it a go. <laughs> she was closer than most people, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, all right. And, and I'm curious, were you like Coach S or anything? Or like, like, how how did they shorten that? Because there's no way that people were saying that, were they? Or did they? No, no. I always just go by my first name. Oh, okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, so give us your athletic background before we talk about um, your coaching background, Kristen. Yeah. So I come from the swimming world, um, swam growing up and then swam at the University of Tennessee a bajillion years ago (laughs) back in the back in the 90s. Uh-huh. Nice, nice. And what um, what were your um, races? Like what were your stroke specialties? I was a sprinter, 1500 free. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. And d- are you, did you do any other endurance sports like for cross training or do you do them now like running or cycling or anything like that? I wish I had, you know, back in the nineties, I don't think we were smart enough to understand that <laughs> the more athletic you are on land, the better you are as a swimmer. Um, so certainly I wish I did, but I was just a pool kind of girl, but I, I run now more yeah. for my mental health than anything. It's my mm-hmm. happy place outside. Um, and I know, you know, had I done this back in the day when I was swimming, it would have helped immensely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. So give us a little bit about your coaching background, your athletic coaching background, please. Yeah. So I coached swimming for 16 years. Um, I did, uh, when I left Tennessee, I did two years at the club level in Pennsylvania, which is where I'm originally from. Mm-hmm. And then I started my college coaching career. Um, I was an assistant for both the men and women at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I spent four years at SMU in Dallas as an assistant for the women's team. And then in 06, 
I became the head coach at the University of Miami. Mm -hmm. Um, I was there for seven years before I decided to leave coaching and start this business. But then I got pulled back into the swimming world in 2015, working with um, the head Olympic coach for the women uh, in the 16 games. He had a group of Olympians and national team members that were getting ready for the 16 Olympic trials and Olympic games. So I worked with him for a year, getting them ready. And Mm then um, went back to starting this business where I work one-on-one with female athletes. And then I also speak about confidence. Nice, nice. Okay, total diversion, but I have to ask because I've always wondered, does your back just kill you after standing on the pool deck for hours? Like I always <laughs> like watching all the swim coaches. That is just kind of punishing to me. Um, I think now at 47, it would. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a little different. Um, no, I mean, it was, I guess you just kind of get used to it. <laughs> you get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. And also just watching the practices for like two or three hours. Is that, yeah. I mean, obviously you are so in tune to technique and effort of your athletes and that kind of thing. But um, gosh, I think it takes a very special person to be able to be a swim coach. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's kind of takes a special person to be a swimmer too, because you're, you know, going up and down a black line. So it probably yeah. fits well in our sport. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got that same mentality just transferring out <laughs> yeah. of the water. All right. All right. So why and when did you transition from being a swim coach, more of, a, of the technique athlete side to the confidence, more the mental side, the confidence coach? Yeah. So Well, I'll give you a little background. Um, When I was at SMU, I was there from 02 to 06. We were one of the top programs in the country. Um, We, I had like seven Olympians on the team, you know, all these NCAA champions. It was, it was absolutely amazing. And I look back at that time and, and let me say, I loved my job and Mm -hmm. it wasn't just because we were so good because obviously being (laughs) good is fun. But I just absolutely loved my job because I got to do what I was great at. You know, the head coach and I, it was just me and him. And um, we were complete opposites when it came to coaching. He was the type of coach that thought swimming 24-7, right? And just thought technique and workouts and stuff like that, where I thought more about the women. Um, I took care of the women. You know, it was more of a working on their confidence, helping them with life outside of sport, because we all know life outside of sport affects sport. Mm -hmm. So when I look back at that time, he took care of the swimming and I took care of the women. And I was, you know, like I said, I loved it and we had so much success. Well, then when I became a head coach, I thought, okay, now I need to take care of the swimming, right? Because that's what head coaches do and hire somebody to take care of the women and their confidence and stuff like that. And I'm embarrassed to say it took me four years of failing to realize that wasn't working. Um, So that summer, um, the summer before my fifth season at Miami, um, I stopped blaming everybody else (laughs) for my (laughs) failures. And I started looking at myself. I, um, I hired a coach. I, you know, um, surrounded my myself with some mentors. And I remember, um, I had to build myself back up. I mean, four Mm -hmm. years of failing. Right. And I remember one of the first things that they asked me was, what are you great at? And after four years of failing, you don't really remember. Right. Um, (laughs) and so they said, well, what made you such a great assistant coach? And I said, well, that's easy. I took care of the women and they're Mm -hmm. like, well, you need to start doing that. And, and I'm like, well, that's not what head coaches do. You know, Mm -hmm. head coaches take care of the swimming and You know, and at that point, you know, I was the only female head coach in the ACC for swimming. So I'm kind Uh of already standing out like a sore thumb. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now they want me to stand out like a sore thumb, you know, even more. So I was a little bit reluctant. And they're like, hey, you can keep doing the same thing (laughs) if you want, but it's not really working. So took their challenge and I hired an assistant who just thought swimming 24 seven. Of course, I still had a hand in it, but Um, I started taking care of the women and I started um, giving the women an hour a week where they could come into my office and just talk about anything and everything. Um, Sometimes it would be 15 minutes of just a check-in and some days it would be an hour of Kleenex and mental breakdowns, (laughs) you know, Uh and everything else. And I just, I mean, I loved it. Um, We started having huge success, but what I realized was, um, don't get me wrong. I love swimming, but it wasn't the swimming that I was so passionate about. It was the women 
you know, mm, and, yeah. and so I remember, um, one time, <laughs> so my brother and his family, they were going to Disney world and they said, Hey, do you want to come up, you know, drive up and meet us? And so the night before, uh, we went to the park, I drove up and my brother and I went and got a drink and I was just telling him, you know, how excited I was about all this stuff and, you know, how I really wasn't happy being a swim coach anymore, but you know, and, and he, he interrupted me and he's like, um, you do know you're in control of your life, right? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Cause at that point I had been a swim coach for 15 years. Like what else, you know, I'm in the swim coach box. What else do I do? Mm -hmm. But there was something in that, you know, his little challenge that made me think like, Hey, I get one life here <laughs> and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really don't want to be a swim coach anymore. And so I went to the park with them that day. Um, drove back that night. And the next day I went in and handed in my resignation. Wow. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, you know, I, I stayed an extra couple of months obviously to help them find a new coach and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I just once it's almost like once I gave myself permission to chase what I really wanted to do, it was over. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love it. So, awesome. yeah. So, um, wow. Wow. Yeah. So, so Kristen, can you tell us exactly what a confidence coach is? Like how, from your perspective, how does it differ from being a life coach or a sports psychologist? Well, I am a big believer that confidence always revolves around truth. Mm. Um, so if we're faking it, pretending anything like that, I don't believe confidence can live there. So really as a confidence coach, I just create a safe space Mm -hmm. where you can come in and be 100% yourself. I think all the fears and doubts that hi everybody experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, here's what I've learned about fear. Everyone experiences it, but everyone also thinks they're the only one <laughs> experiencing mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. yes. And when we think we're the only one, we start to wonder what's wrong with me. Um, there's nothing wrong with you. And so, you know, I just want a free space where, you know, women can come in and I do work with a few men as well, but women are my priority for sure. Um, but you know, a safe space where we can come in and speak truth. Like, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's, you know, what are you so afraid of? You know what? Cause I think, I think a lot of times we're getting all these tips and tools on how to, you know, be mentally tough and different things like that, but we're not getting to the root of the problem of what are we so afraid of, you know, mm -hmm. and, and getting honest about it and actually facing it instead of running away from it. So, um, yeah, so I just create a safe space where people can come in and be 100% honest. Um, I don't, I'm not a big believer in fearless. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but there's no guarantees in sports. <laughs> I mean, there's just mm -hmm. no guarantee. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you give your all and you, you know, sacrifice and you work your butt off, I mean, walking into competitions with no guarantees is scary. Mm -hmm. So sure. let's learn how to handle that pressure. Let's learn how to handle the fear and doubts that inevitably come. So that's, um, my long version of what I do. <laughs> I love, it. I love mm -hmm. it. Well, and so let's just set the stage for a second. So we're not operating from, you know, your perspective that you had in the pool in Tennessee in the nineties. And I had, I was a um, elite rower for a little bit um, and trained under a former East German coach um, who was basically like, you have problem in your head. You just pull harder on the oar, like lady. <laughs> I'll just call this lady, you know, and that I was like, okay, but but geez, wow, I've got a lot of problems in my head and I don't know how, hard, how much harder I can pull, right? So right. Um, so I want to hear about your definition of mental toughness um, or if we need to, if it's not just powering through, obviously, but do we need to lose the idea of being mentally tough or kind of talk about how it's evolved and, and how you see it? Yeah, I absolutely believe we need to redefine what mental toughness is. I, I put a video on my Instagram a couple of weeks ago about this and, and it got uh, a lot of a lot of views because um, I think especially with this generation of kids, let me say, um, I think that they're way more open to it than than us and mm -hmm. certainly the way we were back in the day. But, I, you know, I always say, I'm not sure anybody's really given us the, the definition of mentally tough, but I do think that we have all bought into the idea that it means no matter what, you suck it up, you know, you put your head down and you keep pushing. 
but I just think that there are major problems with that because I always use the example of like, hey, you know, I'm struggling with some fear and doubts and anxiety before I perform. Oh, just put your head down and keep pushing. Hey, I'm dealing with some depression and I've got some mental health stuff going on. Oh, suck it up. You know, put your head down and keep pushing. Uh, I'm not sure I even believe in myself anymore. Um, you know, my confidence has been rocked lately. Oh, put your head down and keep pushing. And then, you know, hey, I got a lot of stuff going on in my life outside of sport. Oh, suck it up. Put your head down and keep pushing. But the problem is, is that just because you put your head down doesn't mean that all of those things aren't there. I mean, they don't go away just because you put your head down and ignore them. You know, it, it's just, I mean, it, it baffles me when we really break it down and talk about it openly that we've all bought into this, that we've all bought into the idea that we're just supposed to ignore it. We're supposed to run away from it. And that's what tough is like, that doesn't even make sense to me. I think tough is lifting our heads and going, yeah, these are the things holding me back. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should do something about it so they don't continue mm -hmm. to hold me back. So I think mentally tough is being honest. You know, again, confidence revolves around truth. So let's be honest about what we're struggling with so we can actually do something, mm. you know, mm -hmm. about it. And that. I'm not even going to get started. I mean, you know, with, I don't know if you guys know, but like several college female athletes have taken their own lives in the last yes. couple of months, mm -hmm. you know, like that is us just, Hey, let's suck it up, put our heads down and just pretend we're good when we're not good. Mm -hmm. I just, I just think we actually have to start getting tough and being real mm -hmm. um, and having the courage, you know, to speak truth. Yeah. Yeah. I love you saying tough is lifting our heads and acknowledging what holds us back. Yes. So as you mentioned, um, you worked with elite swimmers, um, the Olympians in 2016, um, including five-time Olympic gold medalist, Missy Franklin, love her. Um, yes. So, you know, those types of athletes, they're on a big stage, races are decided in hundreds of seconds, they have, you know, NBC cameras trained on them. So, but can you talk about how confidence plays a role in, say, a middle-of-the-pack recreational half-marathoner? Oh, I... I work with all, all levels. And, and let me say, you know, the, um, the pressure and expectations that we put on ourselves, it doesn't matter if we're trying to win a gold medal or we're trying to get a PR, mm -hmm. you know, in a marathon, it, it doesn't matter. I, I believe pressure changes everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And I believe, and again, you know, to think that, you know, when you put in work, Right. And, and let me say this. I, I believe that anybody who's putting in work believes they can probably get better, you know, mm -hmm. and, and do good things. Because why would you put in the work if you didn't believe you could get better? Mm -hmm. And again, walking into these moments where there are no guarantees. I mean, it is it is really scary. Um, and there can be a lot of anxiety going on because, you know, what I've learned um as well as no one, including Olympians, are walking into competitions going, what if this is the greatest day of my life? You know, <laughs> what if I get my PR and everything goes perfectly? We're thinking about everything that can go wrong. Mm -hmm. and, and when we do that, you know, we really start to panic and things can go downhill really quickly. So I'm just a big believer that, you know, we, got, we have to learn how to handle those, those moments. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even, you know, I worked with, uh, I have four clients who brought home medals this summer, um, mm -hmm. from Tokyo swimmers. Mm -hmm. And, um, let me tell you, I've learned that you can be terrified and confident at the same time. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, so, and, and I realize this is a multi-step multi-day long relationship with you, um, with your athletes, but I'm curious, where do the steps to building confidence begin? Like, is it an everyday practice, something you do prior to heading out into a workout? Like, can you talk a little bit about just the building blocks? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the foundation of it all is, is getting honest. Okay. What is really going through your mind <laughs> when yeah. you are feeling the pressure and you are, you know, feeling the anxiety. I always, um, I always share with my clients because I, I have a list of like, cause I always ask this question, what are you thinking when you are feeling that pressure to perform? And the people that get honest with me, you know, 99.9% .9 of what I hear and get back is really scary stuff. Mm 
Mm. Um, the Olympians that I work with, you know, they're thinking, what if all my hard work doesn't pay off? What if I disappoint everybody? What if I embarrass myself? What if I'm out of my league? You know, what if I'm not prepared enough? What if I'm not, oh, it's, I hear, what if I'm not good enough from women with gold medals hanging around their necks? And I'm like, Mm. good enough for what? You're an Mm -hmm. Olympic gold medalist, but that's reality. So, uh, again, I think the foundation is, okay, what are you so afraid of? Let's get honest about that. All my clients have to share with me, you know, what they are thinking in that pressure moment. And then after that, like, let's start finding perspective and truth to all of those, you know, Mm -hmm. let's start thinking about what can we control, you know, in those moments and just really create a place. Cause I'm a big believer. You're going to go there. You're Mm -hmm. going to the fear. You're going to the doubts. Mm -hmm. You're going to the negative stuff, but you just can't stay there. Because I think a lot of times when we go there, we start panicking, going, oh, no, oh, no, I'm in a bad place. I'm in a bad place. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hi, the best in the world go there, too. You know, Mm -hmm. it's 100 percent normal. It's learning. Okay, I'm there, but I also know I can't stay there. So it's really creating I kind of call it like home base. Where do I go, you know, in those moments that are going to bring not fearlessness, but Mm -hmm. stability Mm -hmm. in that I know that I, you know, I know exactly what I'm doing right now. I think there are two things that are so important for home base because I think panic has two goals. It really, um, when you panic, you start feeling like you don't know what you're doing and you kind of forget who you are. Mm. Um, Meaning I can't tell you how many hard workers, you know, get there and they're like, oh gosh, I think I've forgotten how to fight or I don't know, you know, have I done Mm -hmm. enough or, Mm -hmm. you know, so I think home base, two of the huge truths that we need to remind ourselves of is, hey, wait, just because I'm nervous or afraid doesn't mean I don't know exactly what I'm doing in this Mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, I think it's, you know, we need to remind ourselves of who we are. Yeah. Mm. Well, we've had uh, coaches say here before, like your nerves show that you care. I mean, and I, oh, absolutely. I what, what do you, I mean, do you agree, you agree with that? I mean, I oh, do 100%. because, yeah, yeah, because you don't get nervous. I don't get nervous going to a fencing match because I don't know what, what's going on, right? Right. <laughs> like, right. Even if I were to try it, I wouldn't know how to do it. So it would just be fun and playful, but, you know, put me in a running race or a bike race or something like that. And I'd be like, I, I would have expectations, right? And fears. As if you have expectations and goals for yourself again with no guarantees, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I just, uh, I think it's coming every single time. So let's learn how to handle it, not, you know, put our head down and pretend it's not there. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, um, and again, so I'm just curious, like, so is, is a building block like, um, like a journaling experience, like where you would like, where you would sit down and be like, okay, what are my fears for this race, or what are my fears for training, or or something like that, or is it meditation or mantras or anything like, or is it, is it a combination of stuff? Well, I think that, yes, it's definitely a combination of stuff. I mean, a lot of my clients the night before a competition, absolutely. They write it out, like get it out of my soul. Cause I feel like, you know, those fears and doubts, they feel so big and so overwhelming when they're in our head. Mm -hmm. And when we get them out onto paper, you know, they're still scary, but they're at least manageable. You know, so just get it, get it out, be a hundred percent honest with yourself, but then find truth and perspective to each, to each one. And a lot of times that truth and perspective is going to revolve around a, okay, the only thing I have control over is showing up and giving 100%. Uh The good news is I do that every day. I know exactly how to do that, (laughs) you Uh know, so it's just really finding truth and perspective to that. But, you know, you brought up mantras you know, I'm, I'm a big believer. Uh, let me say this. So many athletes have told me that from a young age, they've been taught these affirmations and mantras, like I will run fast today. I will get my PR today. I will do this or do that, you know, today or whatever that looks like. But the problem with that was that down deep, they didn't actually believe it. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big believer that as women, men are a little bit better than this, But as women, man, we're just way too smart to con ourselves into believing something (laughs) that we don't actually believe. Our down deep always tells us the truth, Uh whether we like it or not. I mean, I'm sure everyone listening and you guys, you know, there have been times in your your life where you're like, come on, I got this. I got this. And down deep, it's like, "Mm, you sure about that? (laughs) You Uh know, what we focus in on, um, we have to believe down deep. Uh, You know, we just can't con ourselves into believing something that we don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, all right, Kristen. So I recently, just recently learned that I'm an Enneagram type eight. Um, I don't know if you're a believer in Enneagrams, but anyway, um, so that it's tough for me to show my vulnerabilities in my regular life as well as my sporty endeavors. So I was really struck by a quote in your Instagram feed, feeling fear doesn't mean you're weak or scared. So could you elaborate on that? Well, I, it, I, I don't believe that, um, feeling fear is weakness. Mm -hmm. Um, I think again, it's, we care and there's no guarantees, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that's, that's why, you know, we're feeling it. I think a lot of times what happens, what I see with people who put a lot into their sport and work really hard, um, at practice, they feel like warriors at Mm -hmm. practice. They feel, you know, like really strong. Right. And, and Mm -hmm. like I said, just this warrior mentality, And then they get to a competition and feel like a weaker version of themselves. And a lot of times we feel like a weaker version, you know, at competitions because we're afraid. And we have been taught that being afraid equals I'm weak. There's something Mm -hmm. wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And I think just a huge truth that we need to remember is it's, it's not, you know, fear is not a weakness. It truly does mean that you care. It means that you believe that you can do something great, but there's mm-hmm. no guarantees. So mm-hmm. again, scary, scary situation. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, if we could start w- relearning, you know, that um, fear does not equal weakness. I mean, cause when you really speak truth to that, I'm guessing there's probably not a whole lot weak about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just listening to you talk about that. I'm thinking of all the lessons that I um, tried to teach my kids over the years. And when I remember driving them in carpool and they'd say, Oh, I'm so, I'm so anxious. I'm so nervous. I'm like, no, you're excited. Uh, (laughs) just trying to reframe it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, and this is another one that we, um, you know, lifted off your Instagram account, Kristen, um, which I liked (laughs) and I think is important because I think, you know, I mean, the thing about it is, is athletes obviously self-select, right? So you're already like self-selecting into this group of people that are going to be doing really hard things, right? You're going to challenge yourself on levels that, you know, maybe your neighbor wouldn't or your coworker or whatever. Um, And so, you know, so you already have this level of confidence in yourself to, to, like you said, just even start to to, to try the thing and to believe that you can get better at it. Um, But you said like confidence is like the sun. It's always there even when you can't see it. And I think that I love that image because I am almost like see yourself standing in like the starting corral of a of a 10K and it's a cloudy overcast day. But you're like, dude, I got you know, I've got this like warmth radiating from within me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that we are certainly as women way more confident than we think we are. Mm -hmm. Um, I think all of us have, you said the rowing story about your coach, like you need to work on your confidence or something like that. Yeah. Um, it seems to, here's what I've noticed working with, you know, men and women is that a lot of times, like if somebody doesn't have, if a man doesn't have a good performance, their coach comes to them and they're like, okay, well, you need to work this, this, and this to, you know, you messed up your turn or your stroke wasn't this, you know, whatever it may be. And with women, a lot of times it is a, you need to work on your confidence, Hmm. but then nobody tells you what you're supposed to do. It's like, Hmm. well, how do I work on my confidence? Mm -hmm. So I think that especially, you know, if you played sports growing up, I mean, we, you know, I don't know many women that didn't get that And I think that we have just grown up believing that we have this confidence problem. And I don't think we have as big a problem as we think we do. Um, I think a lot of times, again, when you are feeling the pressure um, and you're forgetting who you are in the moment, I think it's very easy to feel like, oh, I have no confidence. I have no confidence. And I always like using that example of the sun because, you know, you can't see the sun because there's clouds in front of it. I kind of envision fear as the clouds of our confidence. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that it's not there. It's just that, you know, the fear is kind of covering it up. But I think that truth, that truth to remind yourself of is so important in the moment, you know, like, wait, there is confidence here. It may not feel, I may Mm -hmm. not feel very confident right now, but there is, there is confidence there for sure. Nice. Nice. Well, and you talked about it a little bit. I mean, but I mean, I know I've heard the, the, the rumor is, is that people like to hire women athletes, right? 
because they do have that confidence, right? Like if you have a, you know, high school sport, a college sport, a, a recreational sport on your resume, it, it kind of shows that you can organize your time. It can shows that you can go for a goal. It shows that you got, you know, you can be structured and play on a team and that kind of thing. So um, when you are building your confidence at the next level with you, does that translate even further? Like giving a presentation at work or lobbying oh. your local scoreboard or, you know, how does it amplify into the rest of your life? Yeah. So I also do some work um, with women in business. I actually, on Monday, I was at Deloitte speaking, speaking to a team because it's exactly the same thing. I mean, it's feeling the pressure to perform and having those fears and doubts. And it's like, you meet these women that are so successful in business, you know, and they're just so brilliant and, and just, it's, you know, and they have the exact same you know, fears and doubts that I do, you know, so it, it's absolutely, um, you know, I don't know why our brain wants to go to these fears and doubts and worst case scenarios <laughs> every sure. single time, but I haven't met anybody yet that, you know, uh, or excuse me, if somebody's being honest with me, um, you know, I haven't met anybody yet that doesn't struggle with that, it, it's exactly the same thing of, okay, let's find perspective and truth to these fears that inevitably come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's, let's do some real world scenarios for people who are listening. If there's a woman listening, who's heading out on her first, you know, double digit run for training for a half marathon or a 20 miler for her first marathon, what could she do right now to make that run feel more self-assured and banish self-doubt? I mean, we realize it's not going to you know, she can't vacuum it all up and have it magically be cleaned away. But what are some steps she could take today that are going to make her feel, um, you know, more assured when she goes out there? Yeah, I think it's important to remember that confidence takes work. And the more prepared you are, mm -hmm. um, the better you're going to be able to handle it. So, you know, before it starts, like get down, write out what's going through your mind, you know, mm -hmm. truly get it out onto a piece of paper because it, the crazy thing is, is that these doubts that we have about ourselves or these fears, you know, there are some that when you write them down, you're like, duh, this doesn't even make sense. You know, some <laughs> of them don't even make sense. It's like, wait, I can't finish. Like, of course I can finish. I do it in practice all the time. Right. So, um, getting it out, finding, you know, truth and perspective, because again, it, you know, you're not going to walk in there fearless. So I think that the more prepared you can be with truth and perspective of the moment, um, you know, the more confident you can be moving forward. And, you know, and I, and I always say confidence is not going into a, you know, into a situation like, Oh, I know I'm going to do great. Or I know <laughs> I'm going to, I know I'm going to win this, or I know this, I know that. No, you don't mm -hmm. like, you're not a fortune teller. <laughs> yeah, I mean, truly, you don't mm -hmm. know, you can't predict mm -hmm. the future. Mm -hmm. So I think most importantly, it, it's going, you know, I believe confidence is going, wait, I don't know, like, I can't predict the future. But here's what I do know, mm -hmm. you know, and, and really getting your focus back on what you know, now, I know exactly what I'm doing. Again, that's just can be, I had a I work with this uh, young tennis player who's super, super good. And um, she keeps getting better. So of course, just more and more pressure, you know, on her. And um, she was at a tournament last weekend and I was getting a text before every match, like, oh, you know, I'm freaking out. I'm nervous. I'm this and that. And I just send her some perspective and truth. And then before her quarterfinal match, I didn't hear from her. And then I got a text after saying I won. She mm. goes, I did start to freak out. I started to get really nervous, but then I reminded myself that just because I'm nervous doesn't mean that I don't know how to play tennis. Mm. And it's just so funny because that sounds so simple, right? And so yeah. dumb, but a man, just having that reminder, like just because I'm nervous doesn't mean I don't know exactly what I'm doing mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. now. It can yep. be just so powerful. And then again, just reminding yourself of, of who you are. Um, mm -hmm. Because I know if, the, if you're taking these risks, if you're, you know, putting the work in and, you know, you're, you're a pretty strong, <laughs> pretty, you know, I know this is a PG, so I'm not going to yeah. say, <laughs> but you know, you're, you're pretty, you know, 
bad chick there yeah, there's no we can use the it. term we can use the term badass that's one okay approved, okay that is one approved uh curse word that we use yes, yes we have that a, is, I'm, I'm wearing our badass our mother runner t-shirt today so okay yeah yeah so yes you you know down deep that you're a bit of a badass and just reminding yourself of that in the moment i think can be so huge mm-hmm well, and so what about, um, and here's a note, just one more um, like kind of real life scenario, more or less, but so someone who's not on an upward trajectory, who isn't improving necessarily, or, you know, getting better at their running or game, but maybe they're coming back from an injury, yes. or they haven't had a great training cycle, and, you know, but she's still going to go run, you know, say a, a 10k this weekend. Um, she's trying not to compare her upcoming race time to her previous race times, but that's really hard to do in a of sport. course um yeah. so you know again like again if you were if she was standing in front of you right now at a at a race expo what would you tell her to do to kind of help her out to maybe um you know find that sun behind her clouds yeah yeah so l- let me say this you brought up missy franklin earlier mm-hmm. i always like to use her as an example because you know, at the 2012 Olympics, um, she was the princess of the Olympics, right? I mean, oh, yes. she was winning, you know, gold medals, breaking all these world records. She was 17 when all of that went down. Okay. So pretty much from like 13 years old to 17, not a lot had gone wrong in her mm. career. So when you ask her about her fears in 2012, I mean, of course there's expectations from the country and stuff like that, but when everything's going right, there's not that much to be afraid of, right? Now, 2016 games, which was an absolute nightmare for her, whatever could go wrong went wrong. That's actually when she and I started working together because she was planning a comeback before her shoulders said, no, you're not, <laughs> you know, you're retiring. But anyway, you know, when we started, you know, working together, I mean, I asked her to write down, you know, hey, what are you thinking when you feel the pressure? You know, what are the fears? I mean, I, I mean, I got pages. because when you go through a hard time when you go through a slump when you go through an injury you know um it changes everything and it really brings a lot of fear you Mm. know into Mm -hmm. your life and certainly with an injury what if it happens again Mm -hmm. i mean that is one that just can plague you so i think that the more real you can be about it you know the more real oh i i don't want to compare myself or you know i gotta you know start again and and not look for this time and this time come on Like (laughs) you can say that, but in your mind, right. You're thinking about times you're thinking Mm -hmm. about, you know, you don't want to be far off, you know, from where you are. So uh, again, I just think the more real you can be about that. Okay. Yeah. In my mind, this is what I want to do, but I also need to give myself grace that I'm just coming back from this. So it's, you know, it's being real with yourself, but then also finding perspective Mm-hmm. to it you know yeah. i i just again i'm just not a big like fake it you know yeah you know like don't fake it be real with yourself so mm-hmm. is it a little bit and um tell me if this is too i mean but so you could almost i mean like this is gonna suck it's gonna be hard and i'm gonna be you know a minute slower than i want to be but at least i'm on my first step back or something like that is that you know absolutely is that, is that a realistic perspective would you say yeah yeah and so that that takes me into you know being positive right I feel yeah. like in the athletic world we have just destroyed this whole idea of being positive because mm-hmm. we almost look at it like a light switch and we can go from oh this sucks to okay yay I'm so happy mm-hmm. let's see what happened you know it yeah we don't work like that you know I think being positive is always being real first this sucks This is not what I wanted, right? This is not ideal. But then turning the corner into a, but it is my reality. Mm. So how do I be my best and give my best moving forward? Mm -hmm. So again, like, let's be real first and then, you know, get into the positive because this toxic positivity helps no one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Put some sprinkles on it after you figure out what's going on underneath, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Kristen, we are so pleased that we found you. Yay for the internet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And your SEO that made you pop up as confidence coach. So thank you for that. Um, It's been great speaking with you. And I, I, we just, Dim and I both know that your words are going to resonate really strongly with our audience. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, Dim, good find on getting Kristen. Well, Oh, that's, that that was not me. That was Katie. Oh, 
Right. Oh, right. Yes. yes. Katie. You got to huh? give credit where it's due. Put the sprinkles where they belong. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. I'm going to need to uh, re-listen to this episode when I uh, finally get back to running again, I think. so. Yeah. You know, I love that perspective. I mean, I think it is. I mean, it's definitely the trend right now is to keep it real, keep it you know, and, and to dig deep, right? Dig deep in, into places that you might not necessarily want to go, but the benefit is going to be so important and so priceless that it's worth it, right? It's mm-hmm. worth the uncomfort, mm-hmm. uncomfortability or some word like that. <laughs> I'm like, where am I? The discomfort. discomfort. Yeah. The discomfort. discomfort or the uncomfort. <laughs> the uncomfort. Um, well, if you're looking for comfort and friendship and laughs and lots of good times, um, check out the fact that we have three retreats, three in 20 Three, that is our phrase. Three just, and 23. Three and 23. Uh, we just opened registration for our 2023 retreats. It's the first time we're doing three in one year. It's the first time we're doing one in the summer. Um, so we are returning to two uh, destinations that have been very, very popular for us. Eau Claire, Wisconsin, that's going to be in the spring. And then Hilton Head, South Carolina. We're moving that to early November. And then Central Oregon, a charming town called Redmond. Yes, it is. Oh, my gosh. I just fell in love with the hotel and the town from the moment I stepped into it and was like, this is it. And and I, um, as Kristen was saying, you know, there's something about, you know, that deep down feeling, that deep down feeling told me that. That we were going to retreat at a SCP in Redmond. So, yes, so we launched them all on April 30th. And the reason we did that is we wanted them to be in time for Mother's Day gift giving. So, um, you know who to ask for it, the the person with, you know, um, know, who wants to really pamper you and show you that they believe in you and uh, want you to take time for yourself and to find loads of best new best running friends. So for all the details and to register, head to anothermotherrunner.com slash retreats. Again, that's anothermotherrunner.com slash retreats. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm feeling like I'm swimming right now. But I will say your pictures of Redmond looked amazing. This is not, not funny or quippy, but I'm very excited to see it in person. Yeah.